Likutis Sicha is Chelik Yudzayin, volume 17, the second Sicha for Pirkei Oves, Perikei, for the fifth chapter of Pirkei Oves. This Sicha focuses mainly on the saying that's in the end of Mishnah Chaf Aleph, in the end of the 21st Mishnah of this Perik, Perikei. Now it's important to note that technically speaking, Pirkei Oves, the Mishnah of Pirkei Oves, is only five chapters. Although we have six chapters, which we recite in the six Shabbos in between uh, Pesach and Shavuos, but indeed the sixth chapter, as this, that as it begins, it says Shanu Chachamim Hamishnah that the Chachamim taught in the language of the Mishnah, because it itself is not Mishnah per se; it's actually Brisa. So, practically speaking, the end of Pirkei Aves is really at the end of chapter 5. Thus, this Sicha was actually delivered by the Rebbe as a Siyum on Meseches Aves. Now, it would, it's worthwhile to learn both of these sayings in this Mishnah before we begin this year. So let's just learn, read it inside. Ben Bagba Gaimer. Ben Bagba said, Hafochba v'hafochba d'chulaba uvo sechse v'siv uvleiva so Ben Bagbak said in, in regards to the study of Torah, which literally means turn it over, turn it over, means you should continuously learn Torah and learn Torah and, and, and dwell deeply into it and grow old and gray over it because uh, and don't steer away from it because there's nothing more edifying than uh, for you than it, meaning than the study of Torah. And then the second saying in this Mishnah is Ben Hehei Oimer. Ben Hehei says, Lefum Tzara Agra, that commensurate with the painstaking effort is the reward. So this is the Mishnah with the two sayings. And like I said, the Rebbe is going to focus on this and the latter saying mainly. Now, remember, just as an introduction, to remind her to, to keep in mind that the whole purpose of Pirkei Oves is Mile de Chasidusa, meaning literally it translates into acts of piety meaning the focus is not on the obligatory mitzvahs that one must do but rather more on the above and beyond that which a person does beyond the letter of the law now let's focus for a moment on the names of these two tanoim uh, of these two sages of the mishnah ben Bagbag and ben hehe what do these names mean? It's not actually the real names. It's actually a euphemism. Ben Bag, Ben Hey Hey, which is the more obvious one. The Hey is the letter Hey, and this is telling us that he was a convert. He was a ger, who therefore is considered to be Ben Avraham Visara, the son of Avraham and Sarah, which they too merited that Hashem added the letter Hey to their name. Thus, the name Ben Hey. Ben Bagbag is also a convert. Where do you see it? Because Bez Gimel equals five, which is Hay. So Ben Bagbag, again, is the son of Avram and Sarah. Others say that Ben Bagbag actually is an acronym for Ben Gerim, Ben Ger, and Ben Giyaris, the son of a convert and the son of a uh, woman who converted. In fact, as we'll see later in the Mishnah, there are those who say that these are actually not two separate people. It's actually one and the same person, just they had different names that they were called by. And, and to just to note 
This sicha is actually a very long sicha. It's comprised of several talks that were, put, were, were written together, were placed together. I'm not going to cover every single detail of the sicha. There's a total of 12 chapters and very deep at some points. So it's worthwhile if somebody really wants to get the full flavor of the Mishnah, obviously to learn it inside. This is just a synopsis of the points. So we said in the Mishnah, Ben Hei says, Lefum Tzara Agra. That commensurate with the painstaking effort is the reward. The Bartanura, which is one of the primary commentaries on the Mishnah, he says, what does this mean? That in accordance with the great Tsar, the pain that somebody suffers in the study of Torah and in the performance of mitzvahs, that is the amount of reward. His reward will plentify in accordance with that. The Rebbe asks a question. It would seem that the whole idea of reward is not just a so to speak, inyan of chasmili de chasidusa. This is not just something that really pertains to pirke avais, because we know that according to halacha, according to the law of the Torah, Hashem is, so to speak, obligated to provide reward. This is not just, a, so to speak, like a voluntary thing. This is an obligatory thing. In fact, the Rambam explains that one of the fundamentals of our faith is the belief in the idea of reward and punishment. So how then do we say that the reward for one's effort, for one's pain, quote-unquote, is something which is discussed in Perkei So the Rebbe explains that usually when you talk about reward or you talk about payment, so to speak, for a job, it usually is in accordance with the outcome. Usually when somebody hires someone to do something, typically depending on the, on the performance or what the intended performance is, what the intended outcome is, that's what you pay the person, that's what the salary is. However, here, however, the chiddush is, the novelty in what Ben Heihe is saying is that even if there was no quote-unquote um, improvement, even there was no quote-unquote gain in terms of accomplishment, but still the fact that one puts in an effort and one has quote-unquote pain in doing Torah and mitzvahs, even if there was no outcome, he is saying, and that's the Chiddush here, that Hashem still provides reward, and not just any reward, but reward commensurate with the amount of pain that one puts in. So this is the basic answer. However, the Rebbe says, you can still ask the following question. We know that this idea that you pay only for the, quote, outcome, meaning the benefit that was achieved through the work of the employee, that is only when the hiree, or in this case there was no hiree, when the person who's obligated now to pay, the owner of the field, let's say, or the only owner of the item with which the employee worked, did not commission the person to do it. He didn't ask him to do the work. Then you obligate him to pay because the fact is that if there was a result, meaning there was a gain, well, you can't gain from someone else's work without paying them. But over here, the question is, the quote-unquote balabayas, meaning the owner of this, meaning the commissioner of all this, is Hashem, right? And Hashem wants us to do the Torah and Avodah. Hashem wants us to do the work have, quote-unquote, the pain. So if he does want us to do it, equivalent to if a person hires an employee, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. If somebody hired an employee and told them to do a certain job, and they did the job, then irrespective of whatever the outcome is, 
the person has to pay them. The person owes them, quote unquote, the reward. The person owes them the salary. So the question comes back, the question comes back to how can we say that this is something that is that belongs to Pirkei Avais, that it's a novelty here. When it's not a novelty, it seems that according to Halacha, Hashem is obligated to pay us because He commissioned us to do this work. Moreover, in a case of a, an employer and employee, over there, the whole purpose is obviously the outcome. And therefore, there can be discussion if there was an outcome, if there was a benefit in the, through, that came about through the employee's work and so on. But however... Over here by Hashem, we know that the purpose of Torah Mitzvah is not necessarily an outcome to achieve a certain thing or to, to reach a certain goal. Rather, like the Rambam himself explains, it comes out from the Rambam's words, the actual effort, the actual toiling on Torah Mitzvah is the whole purpose of Torah Mitzvah. Where do you see this? The Rambam, in Shmoyna Prokim, there is a, in the introduction to Mishnah, Pirkei Avais, it's called the eight chapters, which is actually worth studying. Over there he explains that the person who has terrible desires, who has desires for bad things, and yet fights it and tries to overcome it, that person is so much more special in the eyes of Hashem, more than the person who doesn't have any temptation, the person who's just, you know, the goody two-shoes, the person who just doesn't do any bad. Because that person puts in the effort. So you see from the Rambam that it's the effort, it's the journey that really counts for Hashem, not the ultimate goal, not the destination so much. And therefore the question comes back. Why is it that it seems to be such a great novelty here that in accordance, commensurate with the effort, with the pain, is the reward? It seems that Hashem owes you the reward because that's the way Hashem set up things and He owes it to you. So the Rebbe explains, the, the answer is, that you see it specifically in the expression that Ben Heihei uses. He uses the expression tsaira, which means pain, which means the Mishnah is stressing that over here the discussion is about the tsar, the pain, the added pain that one has in Torah mitzvahs, meaning not something that one is obligated typically by the standards of Torah, by the standards of the commandment of Hashem, but rather the hidur mitzvah, when one beautifies a mitzvah, one doesn't just do the mitzvah to fulfill his obligation, but one goes above that. More, even moreover, there's another higher level. When one does mili de chasidusa, when one does, as we said, lifnim beyond the letter of the law, he does acts of piety, something which is absolutely not obligated, not even as far as a Hidur Mitzvah, because a Hidur Mitzvah still has some kind of status in the accomplishment, in the fulfillment of the Mitzvah itself. But this is even more than that. And then there's a level even higher than that, and that is, for example, somebody who converts. A Gershin is Gaya, as we're going to explain now. And now this will help us understand, this will give us, this gives us clarity as to why this Mishnah is actually quoted towards the end, the very end, the completion of Meseches Avais, which like we said in the introduction, the entirety of Meseches Avais is about Mile de Chasidusa, because this is the whole point over here we're focused on, and this kind of sets the tone, this kind of like solidifies the point of the whole Meseches Avais, and that's why it comes towards the end. At the whole point is Mile de Chasidusa, that you're talking about something which is, quote, pain, something which is not 
uh, obligatory, something which is not uh, necessary according to the letter of the law, according to the commandment of Hashem. And then the person still does it. That is what Mili de Chassidus is all about. And this is uh, expressed so beautifully in the fact that it's being delivered to us, it's being disclosed to us, this concept, in the name of ben Hehe, who was a ger. He was a convert. What does that mean that he was a convert? That he was not commanded at all. There's absolutely no obligation whatsoever for a guy to convert. Absolutely not. In fact, we know that we try to discourage a guy when they come to, the, to convert. So this is something, as so to speak, totally out of the expectation that Hashem had for him. Because all the expectation he had when he was born was to fulfill Sheva Mitzvah And now here he chose, Ben Hei chose to become a Ger. This is the ultimate example, as we stated the three levels of examples in Saira, in quote, pain that one one um, in, uh, in, uh, incurs in order to serve Hashem better. So now we understand, we have a perspective of what's going on over here. However, we can still ask the following questions. The fact that he became a convert, the fact that he became a ger, although he wasn't commanded to do so, but this was still, quote-unquote, the desire of Hashem. Hashem is happy with it. And we know by the case of an employer and employee, even if he didn't tell the employee to do the work, but later he expressed satisfaction in the fact that it was done without being asked, well, then he has to pay for the whole thing. Because that's as if he asked him to do it. The whole point when he has to only pay for the benefit that he occurred, but not for the actual work, is only when he says, I, I didn't want him to do it. He expresses dissatisfaction. But over here, the question is, there is a satisfaction in the fact that somebody becomes a Ger Hashem is very happy with him. So then back to the question, what is so much the novelty about this Lefum Tzaira Arga that commensurate with the pain is the reward? So the Rebbe answers that indeed, when one becomes a convert, or one becomes a Ger, true that Hashem is very happy with it. This is an unbelievable thing. But still there is always a caveat to that, so to speak, pleasure that Hashem has. Because the fact is that somebody who becomes a convert later in life, it takes so much catching up to do. And the reality is that for most Geirim, there's bound to be things that they will do that will not be absolutely and fully um, in accordance with halacha. In other words, they may end up typically sometimes transgressing certain things. Now think about it. This is actually a negative, not a positive. A terrible negative. That they themselves voluntarily incurred on themselves. Had they not converted, they would never be uh, liable. They would never be culpable for any of those quote-unquote transgressions. But now that they forced themselves to become Geirin, to become Yidin, and now they don't know the Halacha perfectly with all its details, with all its intricate details, now they're actually transgressing and it's almost a negative. It's an absolute negative. And therefore, one may have thought, here is the point, one may have thought, perhaps because of this, all the tsar, all the pain that they put in to become a yid, to convert to Judaism, maybe that ne doesn't necessarily get any reward because as part of it, as a caveat to it, is also the negativity that comes along with it. And therefore, it's an absolute chiddush what Ben Hei, Hei says, that... The, the tsara, the pain that you put in, 
notwithstanding the fact, or irrespective of the fact, that it may also inherently include that caveat of negativity that will come about because of it, but still for the mere fact that you put in pain, extra pain, unnecessary pain, in order to serve Hashem better, that deserves an absolute reward, a tremendous reward, which is commensurate with that, which means an unlimited reward, because this tar is, in, in a sense, an unlimited idea. So now we, we understand it even better. However, says the Rebbe, you can still ask a question, and that is, the fact is, we're bringing now, as we just explained, we're bringing proof from a ger, from a convert who converted, we're bringing proof about the concept, the idea of going above and beyond the letter of the law. But it seems, it would seem, says the Rebbe, that it's not fitting exactly. Why? Because this idea that a Yid has to go above and beyond, and he has to even do Mila de Chasidusa, he has to even do acts of piety, this is part of his general obligation as a Yid. In other words, this is something Hashem expects of us. There is a basic expectation which we must do, and then there's the general expectation that Hashem wants us to go above and beyond. But this that a guy was nisgayer, the fact that a guy went through conversion, that is absolutely voluntary because that had, he had absolutely no obligation whatsoever when he was a guy. So how do we compare the two? How do we bring uh, this as proof or as, an, as, as, an, as to introduce the idea of going above and beyond and the reward for it? The answer is, says the Rebbe, that as we say, soif, soif, bottom line and truth, the fact that a ger converted, this is Hashem's will. This is something that Hashem is pleased with. And this is similar to the idea of Hidr Mitzvah. In other words, there is a similarity. Why? Think about it. What does Hidr Mitzvah mean? When you have to beautify Mitzvah, go above and beyond, not just do the basic requirement of the Mitzvah. Think about it. What does that mean? Halacha, which is Hashem's word, says this is enough. This is precisely how you do the Mitzvah. But now you're going the extra mile. Now you're going extra. So by virtue of the fact that Halacha said that this is how you do the mitzvah, that tells us that that suffices. So when you're doing extra, or you're doing mila de chasidusa, that is, says that ever similar to the idea of a ger. Here you're causing extra pleasantness, extra satisfaction, so to speak, to Hashem, which in this, it is similar to the idea of a ger, that although he's not obligated in it, because the Allah says he's not obligated, the Allah said that he's a goy, and he's obligated and what does he do? He goes above and beyond, and it, and brings it on himself, so to speak. This is this this a similar idea to when a yid who's not obligated, there's no obligation to hidur mitzvah. Certainly, there's no obligation to and yet they choose voluntarily to go above and beyond and bring that extra satisfaction to Hashem. Does that ever now will understand between the, the the meaning, the connection that is between the two sayings in the Mishnah, the first one and the second one. The first one being of Ben Bagbag, where he says, you know, learn it, learn it. Because everything is in it. You see, think about it. Ben Bagbag was a convert. What does that mean? When he was a Ben Noyach, he did have an obligation of learning Torah, but only to the extent of knowing what and how to do his mitzvahs. What his mitzvahs are and how to do them. In other words, the uh, Ben Noyach is actually not allowed to learn Torah beyond that. He can only learn Torah exclusively to know how to perform his mitzvahs. Now when he became a Jew, when he 
converted to Yiddishkeit, he now took upon himself to learn Torah as an endeavor in itself, as a purpose in itself. Dayid, when a Yid learns Torah, it's not just to know the mitzvahs that he has to do, but the purpose in learning is a purpose in itself. Besides when you learn to know halacha and to know what to do. And this, how did he acquire? Only and exclusively after he converted. And we actually see this idea that he was so involved in learning Torah just for the sake, for the purpose of learning Torah, that the Gemara relates to us about Ben Bagbag, that his approach to learning was in such a manner that he would always say that he would be doyish. And every subject, he was able to give 49 reasons why it should be Tomei, and also 49 reasons why it should be Toher. And now you understand that this is not for any practical purpose, because the same person was able to give opposing views 49 times over, and each then couldn't have been related to any practical observance. Because if you have a practical observance that should be coming out of it, then you would just give your argument and stick to that argument. But here he would he would always learn in such a manner that he was able to give both opposing arguments forty nine times over, forty nine different arg- arguments for for positive, forty nine different arguments for negative. So that tells us that he endeavored in learning Torah as a purpose in itself irrespective of what the halach is, what the practical observance is. And this shows us the, the connection, because like you remember, that hey, hey, was saying, that the tsar, the pain that one incurs, is not in any way here connected necessarily to what the outcome is. This is inherently the same thing as study the Torah. You study Torah for the purpose of tar- study Torah itself. So now we have the connection with, and why they're in the same Mishnah. Now the Rebbe is going to add something amazing. We know that the names of these two, of the, the names of all the um, authors of the sayings, especially in Pirkei Avos, have a special connection, not just to the, what the saying was, not just to know to identify who said it, but there's an inherent connection of the person's character, of the name of the person, and what he said, what he's known to have said in Pirkei Avos. Because... The, the Rebbe says, and over here it comes out even more. Why? Because you can ask the question, why was he named Hey Hey and he was named Bagbag? Because we said, Beis Gimel means Hey. So essentially it's the same thing. So why him Hey Hey and why he Bagbag? Moreover, there, there is even an opinion that Ben Hey Hey and Ben Bagbag is actually one and the same person. It's just that in this saying, they, they expressed it through calling him Ben Bagbag. And in the other saying, they expressed it to calling him Ben Hey Hey. So the Rebbe says this is not just happenstance. It's actually very specifically and very directly connected to what they said. Hey Hey is obvious. It represents the overt, nigla, the revealed, right? The Hey and the Hey. Bagbag already, you have to make the calculations. You have to understand what's behind Bag Bag. It's Beis Gimel means a hey. This represents the hidden, the nister, the God, because you need to calculate. Says the Rebbe, now we can appreciate the connection between the names of the person or the euphemism as it was presented and what they said. Ben Hey Hey speaks about the pain, the tzaira, the fum tzaira agra. That is something which is obvious. This is something overt. That's something which is clearly noticeable. When somebody has extra pain, when somebody's working hard, and therefore it's connected to the name Ben Hey Hey. Bag Bag 
is related to limit HaTorah, to learning Torah. Now learning Torah as an endeavor in itself, as a purpose in itself, means that you also learn things like the Nistar of the Torah, the hidden things of the Torah, things that seem to have no connection to actual practical observance, all the shakal vitaria, all the pilpul, all the back and forth, the discussions back and forth, for example, even in the Talmud, which don't seem to have an obvious connection to, to actual observance. That explains why that is associated more with the name Ben Bagbag, which represents the idea of Nistar, something that's more hidden.